Welcome, everybody, to Point and Click Radio, another edition of our bi-weekly computer show, the place where we answer your computer questions and bring you the latest computer and internet news. I'm Jim Hyde. And I'm Toby Molina at the Point and Click Research Desk. And Bob Lawton has the night off, by the way. And good evening, Toby. How you doing? Good evening, Jim. I'm just dandy. So, did you did you feel it? I did. Yeah, we all felt it, or at least a lot of us in this part of the world felt it. The earthquake I'm referring to, that um, struck about uh, what about ten miles north of Navarro, five miles north of Navarro. Is that what five you heard? Five miles. It's yeah. In Comchi. In the Comchi area. In the Comchi area. Um, at uh, what was it, a 9:48 this morning, I think, and it ended up being a, um, I 4. think a, a 4.0. I think 4.0. And then there was a short, um, yeah, 4.0, 21 kilometers south southwest of Willits is what the uh, U.S. Geological Survey is saying, um, and it was indeed um, at uh, yeah 9:41 this morning. And then a little while later was followed by a short, uh, smaller aftershock in the kind of two neighborhood. And for all of us here in earthquake country, those kinds of things are reminders that we need to be prepared. And um, with all the usual preparedness gear that we need for not only earthquakes or fires, but also fires, go bags and digital go bags, if we talk, as we've talked about on the show before. Um, and we've done shows about kind of preparing a digital go bag, and we're not going to go into that tonight. We do, however, have an archive up on the KZYX website. If you go to Google or the search engine of your choice, and just do a search for the following, just search for KZYX digital disaster kzyx digital disaster and you will get right to the archive page where we talked at length um this was back in one of the previous fire seasons where we talked about the kinds of things that you could shoot be prepared um from a digital perspective chargers and cables and having essential documents on your on your phone or tablet or some portable device and ways to stay in touch with people things like that um, it's a, it's a, it was a good show, and the information is still very applicable, just as timely as it was then. So um, to, uh, to learn more about kind of digital preparedness, go to the search engine of your choice and search for KZYX Digital Disaster, and you will find it. But <clears throat> what we wanted to talk about tonight with respect to this morning's shaker is some interesting digital web and internet resources and tools that um, that we can all use to get information about recent earthquakes and how we can participate and i'll talk about that what what that means in a minute the single best resource for earthquake information as you might expect is the u.s geological survey usgs and they have a website at earthquake and this is no www here. This is earthquake.usgs.gov. Um, you can also just go to the search engine of your choice and search for U.S. Earthquake. U.S. Earthquake. And the very top search result will be the earthquake site um, at the USGS. And if you go to that website, you'll see a link that says um, latest earthquakes. 
and that's where you can click if you've just experienced uh, an earthquake and your power is still on you can go to the usgs earthquake website click latest earthquakes and um you will get extremely timely i mean it was up there within minutes i'm i suspect it's all very automated there's no webmaster out there who says oh there's been an earthquake i better i better put that up on the website um and you can get information about its preliminary intensity um, where it was located and and all that stuff and you can of course also see earthquakes that occurred around the world um, th there is a link on that page and there's also the same link is on the uh, on the USGS earthquake homepage called did you feel it question mark and that is a page that allows you to um, supply information about how the earthquake felt where you are and that's not just kind of a way to you know like personally express your <laughs> your your earthquake angst or something like that it is a example of citizen science it's a way for all of us to contribute to the data set that relates to that particular earthquake you can if you if you click the if you go to the earthquake that you just experienced and then click did you feel it there is a um a form that you can fill out on the website where you specify your location you can say no you did not feel it and that you might say like well that's kind of weird why should i go to that website and click did you feel it and then just say no but that's actually an interesting data point for them because when you say no and you specify where you are then they know that the ground shaking did not extend to where you are if you did feel it there's other information that you can optionally provide where you can say whether or not you're inside a building or outside a building um, did others nearby feel it um, how would you describe the shaking mild moderate strong weak etc um, how did you react i thought it's kind of an interesting option somewhat frightened very frightened no reaction um, was it difficult to stand or walk did you notice any swinging of doors um, did you hear creaking noises did objects fall off shelves did pictures on the walls move or get knocked askew did that appliances slide all these different questions that you can completely ignore if you care if you only want to say yes i felt it or no i didn't but if you give them that additional extra information again that adds to that data set and over time when you go back to the page for that earthquake you will see a lot of interesting information um, you'll see a, a kind of a radius map that shows where the reports came in from areas around the earthquake and you will see um, uh, you'll get a picture of kind of how it was felt in your area and that information does not become does not come from a whole bunch of sensors embedded in the ground throughout mendocino county that comes from you and me citizen scientists who go to the website fill out the did you feel it form and that helps them know and assess the extent of the um of the of the ground shaking it's a really cool thing and i would encourage you to uh to do that if you uh if you experience an earthquake obviously obviously your own safety comes first 
If your building, if your house feels like it's a little unstable, unstable, unsteady or unstable, don't sit down to your computer and fill out that form. Make, your, make sure that you're safe first. But um, if you are if you ascertained that you are completely safe and haven't suffered any property damage to where you are located, then filling out the you, uh, did you feel it form is a interesting way to um, kind of participate and um, build that data set surrounding that particular earthquake. And by the way, if you're curious about um, the whole notion, <clears throat> excuse me, the whole notion of uh, citizen science, um, I kind of went down the rabbit hole this afternoon while looking into this, and I found a website called citizenscience.gov, citizenscience.gov. And their tagline is helping federal agencies accelerate innovation through public participation. And there's a whole catalog of, um, of projects that you can explore and figure out and see if any seem that they're interesting or relevant to where you might lo be located. There's improving tribal and citizen science and planning. There's... Um, California Collaborative Fisheries Research Program, Epidemic Prediction Initiative, Indiana Dunes National Park Chronolog Environmental Monitoring, Meteorological Phenomenon Identification, blah, blah, blah. There's just screens and screens full of, uh, of um, federal science projects that the government is saying, hey, hey, people, you can check these out, submit um, data to one of them if, if you are located in an area that's relevant to it. Um, so it's kind of cool, citizenscience.gov. But back to earthquakes, um, every now and then when we're sitting around watching TV, your phone goes, and it plays a little note that indicates that an earthquake happened somewhere. somewhere. Mm -hmm. There's an app for that. What is that app? That app is called Earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fine name. Um, it's available for uh, iPhone, iPad, and Apple Watch only. And it pulls from multiple reporting agencies all over the world. And you can filter by area, country, magnitude, and you can choose to get alerts, which I do for certain areas. And about a minute or so after we felt that jolt this morning, I got a notification from the app. That's that's pretty cool. And it's free. Oh, that's cool. It's Of course, there's in-app if you want the extra bells and whistles. And I don't remember exactly what it is you get when you pay your 2 or $3. But uh, the basic functionality is free. Very cool. And so you can set it up to deliver alerts not only for where you are, but, well, you know, we've got a lot of family in the L.A. area. Correct. So... You've set an up an alert for the LA area. Actually, I set up notifications for any earthquake over a certain magnitude anywhere. Ah, because ah. that's I care about what happens to everybody in the whole world. There you go. I like and, that. And uh, if there's a, a, an earthquake incident, I'd like to know that it's happened. Yeah, yeah. It's called earthquake. It's called earthquake. And you can get it for what? What did you say? Uh, basically, it's, Apple it's, mobile it's devices. It's in the yeah. It's in the uh, app store. Yeah. Only. I'm sure there are similar uh, Android uh, or Android iOS 
yeah. applications that do very similar things, just that this is a very simple and very straightforward app that is basically is free in its, in its basic incarnation. And, and I presume it displays a little map with you know, it the does. location. It does, yeah. All of the things. <laughs> <laughs> it shows you a lot of the same information that USGS does. Yeah, yeah. But, but on your phone, on and your on rectangle. Phone, or on your watch. Oh, on your watch, too. Yeah, it's available for the watch. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I think I need that. Yeah, on your rectangle or square of choice. <laughs> your wrist square. <laughs> I like it. Earthquake. So there you go. Um, to keep tabs on uh, and get information on a earthquake that just occurred or any recent earthquake, if you're just kind of an earthquake geek, and I, I think kind of all of us here in Earthquake are, country are to one degree or another, um, the USGS website, uh, US uh, um, Geological Survey website is a incredible resource, obviously. Um, you can get there by going to earthquake.usgs.gov and if you don't want to write that down because you're navigating the curves of one of our local highways then just remember to when you when you get back to a computer you go to the search engine of your choice and you can click uh, you can search for u.s earthquake u.s earthquake and the top search engine hit will get you there and remember you can be a citizen scientist by filling out the did you feel it uh, form after you've experienced an earthquake and make sure that you're safe and that helps build the data set of that particular earthquake and tells the USGS gives them additional data as to what the radius of it was um, and um, uh, their, their particular language is by using the did you feel it system the public informs scientists on ground motion behavior that helps validate past research and theory relating to earthquakes. So that's pretty cool. I filled that form out this morning. There's you nothing did. like filling out a form that you know all the answers for. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I felt smart and participatory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I'm doing my part, I'm darn doing it. doing my part. Exactly. And then for your rectangle or for your wrist square, as Toby said, uh, the, uh, the earthquake, the free at earthquake app is a great way Apple to... Apple only. Apple only. For Apple devices only, right. I'm sure there are equivalents for Android or, or uh, equivalents that are Android and iOS compatible. Sure. Cool. Very cool. So let's hope that the 4.0 that we felt this morning is the most intense earthquake that we feel here for, uh, for, for the foreseeable future. How about that? I've lived in uh, California for 21 years, and that is the first time I felt anything. And it, it was a split second. Yeah. Yeah, it was here where we are. It was one big boom. You felt it more here than I did in the other side of the house. Yeah, which yeah, is interesting. Which is interesting. It was just I, I heard it. I didn't feel it. Oh, oh, I heard it. It was like a. It was. It sounded like. It reminded me of when we had con contractors working here, and maybe they'd drop a pile of plywood, you know, off the off the off the uh, lumber trucks delivery vehicle it was just kind of that boom and i saw kind of a little you know the the blinds in my uh office and i told the usgs this too but my window blinds just a little bit just kind of like, like yeah hey the planet moved a little bit so earthquakes here on point and click radio the bi-weekly computer show with toby Molina and yours truly jim hyde bob lawton has the night off have our tip of the week 
uh, this week from the Point and Click Research Desk, a.k.a. Toby, and it deals with a not-so-natural disaster, and that is the rise of spam calls, robocalls. They are, if, you, if you're a part of the MCN listserv, um, you see a lot of people complaining about people getting calls allegedly trying to sell you the extended auto, warranties. Yeah, the auto warranty is the, is that the robocall thing? of the moment. Yes. You know, I, I get eight to ten a day. Oh. Oh. So you've been doing some research about the disgusting world of robocalls and including into some tools that can at least attempt to fight back. Um, what, have you, what have you learned? Uh, what I have learned is that billions of robocalls hit American cell phones every month. Uh, February 2021 insider survey found that 46% of Americans reported receiving spam phone calls on their cell phone every day, uh, with oh. another 24% receiving them multiple times per week rather than daily. Um, and spam calls make their perpetrators bags of money, unfortunately. Um, there are different kinds of robocalls, uh, robocall scams. Some are clearly illegal, such as calls that pretend to be the IRS or law enforcement, while others sell some kind of product, like an auto warranty or an insurance policy, but they're illegally telemarketing the product. Um, There's a Medicare one that, I've, that, I, that I get a lot. Maybe it's just my age. I haven't gotten that one yet. Well, see, you're younger than I am. I, I always will be. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. Um, they all, but they all basically use the same iteration, uh, some iteration of the same business model. Um, so first, you have a company that wants to find buyers uh, for whatever they're selling, legal or illegal. Um, it could be selling an actual product, or they could be a scam operation. Um, the company then they contract to find those leads is the robocaller company. So it's not the company selling. They contract a robocaller. So I'm, I am Acme Unethical Insurance Corp, and I want to sell my policies. I go and find a robocall company. Correct. They call millions of phone numbers with a pre-recorded message. Most people will hang up, but occasionally some listen, and those people are plugged through a phone tree until they're determined to be qual a qualified lead. So if you respond to the recorded message, eventually you'll get into a person, possibly another person, you'll get moved along, and then that lead is verified, and that lead is sold back to the original company. So they bulk sell uh -huh. people who have responded back to the original company. Um, the response rates are abysmal, about a tenth of a percent. So a tenth of people who actually get these express some interest in actually buying whatever it is they're selling. Correct. Tiny percentage. But they pay off. Yeah. Because those millions of calls cost very little mm. because it's all automated. Right. And so uh, with only a few successes, that money is quickly made back and then some. Um, the top scams of any given time are a reflection of anxieties. Um, auto warranty scams are mm -hmm. big today and were last highly popular during the height of the Great Recession. Really? Yeah. When economic anxiety 
roiled the country. Sure. Um, and as Americans take on debt to ride out the pandemic, calls preying on these anxieties are popular. Mm-hmm. Um, the do not call list doesn't work for robocalls on your cell phone. Uh, that just prevents live telemarketers from calling you. Uh, and even if it did work, uh, the robocallers are already flaunting the law, and there's little reason they'd respect the list, the registry. Sure, yeah, right. Uh, so they're able to thrive on the U.S. phone system. Vile. And, and you know, you, you ask, you know, why don't the carriers stop them? Yeah, you know, exactly. Why doesn't AT&T stop this? Because carriers really want to move calls around. They're not interested in actively regulating those calls. And, you know, the reasoning is pretty clear. Uh, if a debt collector robocalls someone, uh, while the recipient may consider that a nuisance, it's entirely legal. Right, sure, sure. And the carriers want to stay out of it. Also, there's a, a liability component. Um, if a pharmacy wants to contact a patient about their COVID-19 vaccine appointment with an automated call and a carrier blocks it, there would be heck to pay. Good point. So carriers really avoid interfering in gray areas and will only block a gateway carrier or caller when given ample grounding to do so. Um, often relying on federal action against a bad actor. And that has been perennially difficult to do. Particularly after 2016, um, there was a Supreme Court decision. um, uh, It's called the Spokio decision. And basically, Spokio came to mean that being annoyed isn't enough to sue (laughs) an illegal marketer in federal court. A plaintiff needs to be injured, which makes it much harder to build a case against telemarketing operations uh, doing flagrantly illegal things that rarely actually injure people. Wow. And so at that time, it made the number of robocalls skyrocketed. And I imagine a lot of these robocall companies are offshore. Correct. So that also makes U.S. laws pretty toothless. Correct. Um, the estates have had basically the same attitudes. Um, so with the risk so low and the potential for reward so high, there's nothing to stop the robocallers. Mm. Um, calls are cheap. It's easy to set up one of these operations if you have just a little bit of money. So, so much, very much like email spam. Yeah. The response rates are incredibly low. It costs basically next to nothing to send out millions of them. So even if the response rates are tiny, you're still going to get enough to make it worth their while. The FTC has been waging a war against robocalls for about two decades. Wow. Um, with varying degrees of success. So is there anything that we can do to... Well, there are apps. Um, there are a wide variety of them. Uh, True Caller, Nomo Robo. <laughs> Nomo Robo. <laughs> um, and Umail. Um, they can be infect- effective in weeding out robocalls. Um, Nomo Robo uh, has stopped 2 billion robocalls since it first launched, um, analyzing 150 calls a month. Wow. 150 million, pardon me, calls a month wow. to find patterns so that it can, you know, its AI will more regularly recognize 
these calls. So that these are apps that you install on your on your on your smartphone, oh, yeah. and somehow it like it, it sits in between your phone and your carrier, your Verizon or your US Cellular or whoever. And when a call comes in, that software kicks in and it flags it in some way. Right. And so that's it, cool. There are billions of calls. So it's per a spam day, filter. For and your phone. spammers pick up and drop numbers to evade detection. So it's a constant war of attrition. You know these. I never get this a call. I block whenever I get these phone calls. I block the number. Sure. That does me no good. Yeah. Because sure. they'll call, gonna call them 15 minutes later with the exact same recording oh. from a different number, supposedly in Mendocino. That's the other thing. They spoof the location. Yeah. They may be who knows where in the world, but it appears that it's coming from a local call. Correct. Uh, Umail works by using your own voicemail as a trap, which is interesting. I don't understand this as well as I might. But um, they're finding new robocallers by listening in and comparing incoming calls against a database of scams. So they're actually listening. It's like a Shazam of spam. <laughs> it's listening to the incoming call and saying, no, that's spam. I, I needed to know a little bit more about that before I would go and install something that's listening to my voicemail. I, Good I, point. I'm not sure I entirely understand that. It's a cool idea. But I would not um, wholly recommend that until a little bit more reading is done yeah. about privacy and what. Yeah, <laughs> right. Again, right. a cool idea that something is the Shazam of spam, but uh, I, wow. I don't entirely understand the the technology. Yeah, yeah. It's probably worth, if you're contemplating installing one of these on the phone, uh, on your phone, it's probably worth going out and doing some research on reading some reviews um, seeing what people seem to say about them, how do they like them. Um, I use something called TrueCaller. TrueCaller. Um, and it will sometimes detect spam mm -hmm. and say, and, and warn me. If I get a call that I haven't been warned about, warned about I report it to oh, nice. TrueCaller and it adds it to its database. Again, it's a game of, it's not a game and it's not funny. Um, I have people who are serious about this um, actually balk at it being called like playing whack-a-mole because it's not a game and Indeed. it's not fun. No. But it is like, you know, in some ways that, you know, you, I never get a call from the same number twice. So reporting that number is almost absurd. It just gives sure. me satisfaction of feeling like I'm doing something. Yeah, sure, right, right. Um, but be sure to read the fine print when you're signing up for things. Many companies, you know, quote-unquote, obtain consent to robocall you by burying it in the terms <laughs> and conditions that many people skip. Now, that's legit uh, robocalling. In other words, they're probably not trying to do you wrong. Right, right, right. But they are going to drive you crazy. <laughs> Increasingly, that happens when you sign up for things and start getting texts from those people. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. easy to stop. You just text back, stop. Yeah, sure, <laughs> so right. That's right, easy right. enough. But um, it's getting to be insidious. And wow. so do be careful. I mean, we talk about this all the time. It's very easy to sign up for something. Hey, I get 10% off. I'm going to just right. stick my email address in here. I'm going to give them my phone number, whatever. Just be sure that you're um, paying attention yeah. to what you're consenting to. Good advice. Boy, oh boy. The FTC does keep a list of uh, phone scams. Um, and the URL is too brutal to share. But if you look up FTC and you look up phone scams, uh, you'll find a lot of information because the FTC does take this very seriously. They're trying very, very hard to, um, to limit or eliminate 
Uh, and they have, again, they have had some success in doing away with some of the um, most egregious carriers. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's a good, good to keep yourself you know, familiarized. That way, if you look at the FTC list, you'll have an idea of what's you know, popular phone scams. Oh, good point. So when you get those phone calls, it might ring a bell. Right. You know, there's a Medicare, you know. No one should ever ask you for any personal information. Right, right. The IRS will never call you. Right. Things well, like that. They might call you. <laughs> but they're not going to ask you what your, they might social, call me. <laughs> what your social security number is over the phone. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, phone scam, that, that, that website that Toby talked about, if you go to the search engine of your choice and just search for FTC, that's Federal Trade Commission, FTC, FTC phone scams, um, the very top hit is their uh, phone scams um, yeah, it's a good, I, database. It's a good site. I spent a fair amount of time uh, looking, uh, looking at it, and there's a lot of information there. And again, even if you're not interested in you know, going down the rabbit hole and reading extensively, if you just scan it, Look at the top, you know, the most popular scams. That You're at least informing yourself. You're keeping that Absolutely. top of mind. And so if you happen to get one of those phone calls, you'll know right away to dismiss it out of hand. Right, right. Good stuff. Yeah, and as we always say on the show, and this deals with whether it's spam or falling victim to phishing expeditions, those kinds of emails that look like they're from your bank but really aren't and are asking you to enter information. Um, it's just one of those issues where doing a little bit of ed- education – a little bit of research, give yourself a little base of knowledge to fight back, uh, will definitely pay off. Good stuff. Phone scams and robocalls and how to attempt, at least, to fight back. Thanks, Toby. It is 7.30, and you're listening to Point and Click Radio. This is the bi-weekly computer show here on KZYX, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo. And by the way, we have heard a couple of reports of some signal issues with the 91.5 Willits and Ukiah um, signal. We are aware of it. And crews have been asta- uh, uh, dispatched as a certain electric utility. Well, I don't know if, the, if crews have actually been dispatched, but we are aware of it and, uh, and are working on it. And also another announcement, we are in our KZYX quiet drive period, and this is the alternative that um, to the pledge drives that we would do in non-pandemic scenarios, and it's a way of raising funds for the station while keeping our volunteer programmers and other volunteers safe by not having to gather around phones in the studios during our uh, our classic pledge drives. If you would like to become a member of KZYX, we would encourage you to do so. And the easiest way to do it for this computer-savvy audience is to go to the website, kzyx.org. You'll find a link right at the home top of the homepage that allows you to become a member or renew your membership and also choose a thank you gift. There are some great ones, including, yes, there's a mask. There is a KZYX mask. And, um, and a, a variety of other cool thank you gifts that you can choose. You can also choose to become a sustaining member, which is just uh, a, which, which can start at $10 per month. It is the membership, uh, it is our members that keep this station afloat. And if you like what we do here from the locally programmed public affairs shows like this one to the music shows like Sunday Evening Jazz, for example, the one that I'm affiliated with, uh, then 
we would encourage you to become a member or renew your membership, which you can do at kzyx.org. It's also a good time to remind you that this is a call-in show. If you have a computer question or comment about anything we've talked about tonight or something computer-related that we haven't talked about, please give us a buzz. You can reach us here in the studio at 895-2448, 895-2448. A good friend Rich is engineering tonight's show, and we'll be happy to get you on the phone and, and, uh, and then put you on the air, and we can, uh, we can take you on the air, 895-2448. In the meantime, the Apple rumors are really flying hot and heavy these days, which can mean only one thing. There's new Apple stuff coming out soon. And um, we've already talked in our previous show about rumors of a new iPad Pro. This is the high-end, uh, top-of-the-line top um, iPad. Well, there are now also new rumors for um, a, a new iMac, which we can talk about um, as the show progresses, but I think we've got a call right now, so let's welcome our first caller and say, hello, you are on the air. Well, hello. Interesting program tonight. Thank I've you. Been, uh, like everybody around here, I've been dealing with a lot of uh, robocalls and spam calls and phishing and stuff. So I, But uh, I recently got uh, further reach uh, internet, which gave me the ability to have uh, an UMA telephone system, because all you oh, need yeah. is a good broadband connection. And uh, if you get that UMA premier service, it includes spam filtering or, you know, robocall filtering blocking, and there's three levels that you can block known spammers, you can block suspected spammers, and you can also make your own personal blacklist of numbers that you don't want to ever get a call from. Uh -huh. And uh, they use the NOMO Robo, among other, one level, uh, of, I guess it's, I guess that's their provider of that service. And uh, oh. it's pretty effective, except for the ones that are, they, they're spoofing local numbers and they use a different number every time so yep. entering the number doesn't do any good so you, yeah, you can't I, just I, put them on your blacklist but it, it seems to it seems to reduce the number and frequency of those those calls uh, a fair amount and uh, very happy with the Uma phone that's great to hear did you get yeah I, I actually I'm an, I'm, a, I'm an Uma customer myself um, and and for the reach customer for that matter and I've been real happy with it and uh, yeah I don't get you know I get a lot more robocalls to my cell phone than I do to my well I can't really call it a landline because it's Uma is not a, it's, it's a VoIP system but um, yeah and I'm just looking at their website now they will block known spam callers suspected callers um, you can have them block anonymous callers if you want you know where caller ID is blocked you can create a custom block list if you want to and you can even allow contact only calling so you can it will only get calls from people that you uh, are, are in a contact list that you that you specify yeah that's that's that is true Unfortunately, my wife is one of those uses of anonymous caller ID. <laughs> She's never changed it, and so she can't she can't call me. And if I were to block 
all the uh, anonymous calls, so I can't do that. Yeah. Right. My brother does the same thing, so I can't block anonymous calls. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, we're not shooting yeah. for 100% here. If you can reduce the, the number of calls by any significant amount, you are winning. Yeah. yeah. That's great. One of, the things, one of the things I've detected is that many many of the, uh, the robocalls, of course, you know, they give you the recorded message and press one to speak to an Apple agent or whatever right, they're pretending right. to be. And, and then they have a, a fairly strong uh, East Indian accent. So that's a popular place for robocalls to come from because there are many English speakers and there's a lot of, you know, low-paid labor. Well, exactly. The labor costs are low, and it just makes it that much more possible for them to send out calls in volume for next to nothing. I have to say, though, that the majority of the calls that I get these days are women with no, uh, with with a, you know, West Coast or U.S. you know United States accent. Yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. I've got I got a. I think I got one of the Medicare ones the other day about from yeah. uh, exactly from someone who. But for, for me, typically a woman. Interesting. Well, Thank thanks you. for that call. Good stuff. Fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Yes, and 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 if you want to look into UMA, um, which is a VoIP, of a voice over IP and internet telephony system, if you have a fast internet connection, not necessarily satellite, um, but something like Further Reach um, or a, another wireless internet provider or Comcast or DSL. Um, you can you can check out um, UMA. They're o o m a o o m a dot com. And when we got fast internet a couple of years ago, um, I, I, I fired AT&T and got UMA, um, and I've been very happy with it. It's got a lot of really The pricing is reasonable. Yeah. And they even, they do, my very favorite thing that they do is that they send your voicemail to you via email as an MP3 file. So you get it in your email, you can listen to it anytime you want, and it's automatically saved. I think we have another caller, so let's run back to the phones and say, hello, you're on the air. Well, hello. The robocalls, they will tell you to uh, press one to talk to a person, and then yep. they tell you, they say, how can I help you? And it's leading me to believe that there's a number of, in other words, uh, they may be handling dozens of different scams out of one one setup. What do you think about that? It sounds it sounds because uh, they won't identify themselves when you call that number. They just say, "How can I help you?" So they don't know what you're calling about. I think you are entirely correct. They're, oh right, all right. I so think they like are calls, one call centers who's taking care of dozens of companies. Precisely, um, yeah. I think that that's you know that's that's sort of the business model, uh -huh. which is to bring in as many. Um, you know, once you've pressed that number, then you go to a person because that person's goal is to convert you into a, an active uh, lead right. to be right. sold back to the company selling, and they probably have. You know, a dozen or more, I don't know really the numbers are, of, of uh, companies that have contracted them uh, to find them people who are biting. So yeah, I'm sure you are. Well, well, thank you for that. And the reason that I, I kind of came on to this was because sometimes 
because I, I do answer them once in a while just to entertain myself. And they, <laughs> they seem to be the same person a lot of times. That's, uh, that's fascinating. Yes, it may not possible. be so. It may not be so, but it, it seems like, well, good grief, it sounds like the same person. All right, thank you very much. Thanks thank for you. that. That's really interesting. I think we have another caller. If we do, let's welcome that caller and say hello. You're on the air. Um, hi. Is, Hi. It, is it me? <laughs> it's, it's, yes, you. it's you. Oh, okay. Um, I was just calling about the, the fellow who was saying he couldn't block his calls because his wife had um, that the thing where your where your number doesn't show up. Right, yeah. anonymous. And and um, I mean, they probably know this, and I'm sure most people know that. But if you have that and you want your number to show up, you just push star eighty two. And then your number shows up, so you can call oh, people right. who yeah, don't you can accept yeah. block calls. Good point. You that can is temporarily an de- de- deactivate it for that one phone call. Very wise. Right. Yes, does, our- you have to do it every time, but I have that, and I do it all the time. So, so you just when you're when you're the person making the call, you just hit star eight two, and that star temporarily two, turns and then off I dial their number uh, and then caller ID for then that particular my call. Shows up. And then that's a way to... Yeah, it's asterisk, I think, 8-2, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. star, star. Yeah, yeah star, uh, well, star, eight, two. Yeah. Okay, asterisk. Oh, no, I thought that he said pound. I wasn't oh, correcting I you. I was correcting him, which is my job. Oh. Oh. <laughs> She's good at it. Oh, okay. She's good at it. And that's it. That's all I have. Oh, unless I do have a question. This is, this is a really weird question. I have an old... I don't use it anymore, but I have an old G4 Mac. Wow. Oh, that is old. And... I, I haven't dumped it because there's something on there I would like to get off of there and print out, but can I find a printer that will work with it? Probably. If it's a recent enough machine, it probably has a USB, USB port. A USB port. It's an old G4 with the used um, discs, you know. Right. Is it is like a, a tower or an iMac? Yeah, it's like the the first G4 that came out. So it's one of the tower ones. It doesn't have a built-in screen. Uh, no, it's a big blocky thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. <laughs> uh, I think all the G4 models had USB ports. I think so. Do they? I, okay. Your bigger challenge is, is a monitor. <laughs> yeah. Is, I mean, I, I think you should be able to... Um, I mean... I mean, Attaching. it's the monitor's built in. Oh, go ahead. Isn't it? I'm sorry, repeat what you last said? I said, isn't the monitor on it? The monitor's on the G4. It sounds like maybe it's the iMac. iMac. Maybe the, you yeah. know, the, 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 the swivel lamp, Luxor, you know, the, the snow cone. Yeah, it must be the snow cone. Yeah, yeah it's a big um, square. It's kind of a big square thing. And then it has a separate keyboard. But it's it, everything is all together. <laughs> it, it was like my first E-Mac. computer, but it it has ah. some neat things that I wanted to print out that were built in that came with it. And I tried well, I think, years ago to get a printer, and and it didn't work with it. You know, I, bet, an, I bet it's an EMAC. It might be an EMAC. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, another option that you have would be to, because it would have a USB port, is to get an inexpensive USB hard drive. And you can get one for like 50 bucks on Amazon these days. 
and um, that way you can copy things from the um, your old iMac or your old computer over to the hard drive and then connect that drive to a newer computer, which I presume you also have. And then you'd have them there not only in just hard copy form, but you'd also have them in digital form. Okay. Would it have to be a, a Mac computer? Not necessarily, no. No? No. I could copy Depending to on an HP or something. Yeah, well, then you're getting into, like, what format is the hard drive formatted in and, and that kind of thing. And that's probably getting more geeky than we can get into right now. Okay, um, okay. And I'm not a geek. That's the can problem. The, <laughs> can, the old, can the old computer get on the uh, Internet? Can it, it get yeah. on? Can that's it, can what it, I was going to suggest. Yeah, it probably still could. I mean, it's back. I used it back in the days of dial-up. The other thing that you could possibly do is just email things to yourself. To email those old documents to yourself and then you'd have them on then on your HP machine you'd be able to go online and get them and just retrieve your retrieve them that way right but what if it's like a program thing like a print program or something well no that would not work yeah that would not okay. work but you wouldn't okay. want to you wouldn't want to print a print program anyway <laughs> no it's it's actually what i wanted to do do it for and i won't take much more of your time it's just like a little kid's thing where you can print out all sorts of, like, a little village thing. Huh. You know, it's got a little gas station, <laughs> sheriff's department, and, you know, it just prints it out flat, and then you make it into a little village. I see. Oh, oh I see. And yeah, it, so that's, it's that's, that's you need the software. And, and you need a printer. <laughs> so I'll try that. I'll see if it... I'll. I'll I'll just try again. So I don't, yeah, you you know, don't think a, I need a special printer. A printer that has USB, there's okay. a good chance that it would work. No guarantees because with printers, there's the whole world of, you know, is a newer printer going to be supported by the older operating system that's on your computer right. and all of that, you know. Um, so, you know, there might, be some, there might be some technical hurdles that you have to jump through there, but... Um, I would say that the simplest thing to try would be to try to hook up a printer to it and see what happens. Okay. okay. I, I did it before and it didn't work, but maybe it would. Uh, uh, I'll try again. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. I'm sorry to take so know, much time. Oh, no, Thanks no, no, for your not at all. You know, and, and before you go, there's a, an, another alternative, too. If the thing was really kind of meaningful to you in some way and you wanted to try to grab other documents from it, um, you could always take it to one of the local um, computer uh, gurus. Uh, that are you know that are either on the coast or on or in the inland areas, depending on where you're located, um, okay. and just explain what your need is, and um, and they'd be able to help you for a fee, of course. But um, yeah, that would at least be another way to get information off of it without having to um, jump through those technical hurdles yourself. Okay, that'd be great because I probably couldn't do it. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they certainly okay. will. And they will. Good luck. Can we have another call? It's uh, 7.48 on Point and Click Radio. We're on until 8 o'clock when Jamie Roberts and Radiogram come on. In the meantime, um, if we have another caller, you are on the air. Yes, whenever I, make a, whenever I receive a call from a number that I don't recognize, a lot of times I'll wait till they stop calling me, and then I'll call them back. And I get mm -hmm. a recording that says, the number you have reached is out of service at this time. How are they able to do that? 
They're spoofing. It'll They're be spoofing 707 number, and I'll call them right back to see who it is, and I get a recording. Yeah, there are. It's called call spoofing, and it's when a caller deliberately sends false information to change the caller ID. Um, it's most spoofing uh, is done using a VoIP service or an IP phone that uses VoIP to transmit calls over the internet, and it's uh, it's staggeringly easy. And these companies uh, are doing it in you know in, in huge quantities. Um, I hesitate to say that there are applications that you can download onto your very own phone uh, and to do that. My, I, my, no, somebody, I, have, I can't download it on my phone. I have a dumb phone. I don't have a smartphone. <laughs> there you go. Some people can download it on their phones and do that themselves. It is alarmingly easy. Uh, the technology apparently is quite simple, and that is exactly what's happening. That's why these phone calls that I, that have the same that I receive that have the same exact recording come to me from all over the country and also regularly from 707 uh, phone numbers. And yeah. uh, I, I tend to ignore them. And then every now and then someone real is calling me and I've ignored them because I can't trust any phone numbers that come from anywhere any longer <sighs> because of spoofing. And that's spoofing. exactly what's happening in that instance. Nasty. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, and thanks for your input, and it's a great Thank show. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Seven forty, and the phone lines are open. If you've got a call or a comment, you can reach us at eight nine five two four four eight eight nine five two four four eight. In the meantime, we talked about some of the Apple rumors. Um, if you're in the market for a new iPad Pro, wait a little while. Maybe give it a month because there's talk of uh, some Apple announcements coming up in April. Um, and even an iMac. This is, the, this is kind of even more exciting, I think. There is rumors of Apple releasing a new redesigned iMac with the new Apple Silicon chip, um, perhaps as early as um, next month. So, um, you know, the rumors are always worth the paper that they're printed on. They tend to get a little more realistic as, the, as some sort of event uh, approaches. But um, I've heard it from a couple of different places now and reputable ones. So it's worth kind of keeping an eye on, which, of course, we will do here on Point and Click Radio. In the meantime, we have another call coming in. So let's bring them up. And hello, you are on the air. Hi. Uh, I came in halfway through the last conversation, but... I am up in years, and rem I remember dial-up and, and older computers. I did not have uh, one of those old iMacs. Um, but I'm wondering if uh, flash drives, if her, her old computer did have a USB cord, or um, uh, what's the word for it? Um, yeah, 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 USB yeah. port. Yeah. yeah. All right. Did, and so was... Would would that old computer accept a flash drive? Absolutely. That is actually a fantastic oh, it's a great tip. idea. You're right. Okay. That is a yeah. better yeah. tip than a hard because drive. Because that's, that's been my go-to. I have never had a reliable printer that was affordable. And, you know, we won't, want to, won't get into that. But <laughs> for occasional printing, uh, Staples is very affordable. And I didn't hear where the caller came from, but... If she's in the general Ukiah area, the Ukiah Staples is just a godsend for color printing as well as a 
cheap black and white sit and they don't charge a fee for taking some, even having to hunt around on your flash drive to find yeah. your, your files. And I just... That- that's a great point, and mostly when you buy a, a, a I hope our uh, last caller is listening, um, when you get a flash drive, they're typically formatted in a way that is readable on a Mac or on a PC, so that even eliminates oh, those kind of platform yeah. issues. They would just plug it in, copy stuff that they would want over to it, um, and then and then plug it into, I think she said she had a, uh, an HP uh, as her modern computer, plug it in that way, yeah. and, uh, and, or, or go to Staples, as you said, and be able to print something out there. Or to a friend's house. Yeah. Or to a friend's house, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I think a lot of libraries have, uh, that does have a printer. Yeah, the flash drive is, is the poor person's uh, right-hand man. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great idea. Absolutely. It's a great idea. Okay, good. Thanks. Thanks for the program. You bet. Thank Thanks you. for the tip. Thanks for listening. We've got about uh, five minutes left on this edition of Point and Click Radio. As a reminder, um, coming up right after this show is Pulse the Planet, followed by Radiogram with the one and only Jamie Roberts. And another reminder that we are in our quiet drive. We are, um, this is the time of year when we would normally have a pledge drive, but to keep our volunteers safe and staff safe, we are not asking all of the above to gather at the studio in Philo to be too close to each other these days, but rather um, just coming to you once or so during each show and reminding you that we are in our quiet drive and that your support is what makes this station possible and that you can become a member or renew your membership by going to kzyx.org. There are a couple other ways to do it by snail mail or by calling the station during the business hours at 893-895-2324, extension 5. Um, but hey, this is a computer show, so we're going to give out the web address. In the meantime, I think it's really fine and appropriate to close off tonight's show with, uh, with this little humor item that I, <laughs> that I stumbled across. You know, this would really be a perfect, um, a, a perfect little item to talk about in a Valentine's Day edition of Point and Click Radio. But, um, well, Valentine's Day was last month. Um, but, Toby, you are still my Valentine, so I think it's really <laughs> kind of good to, to – it's still appropriate to share this now um, – there's a, a, a humorist, a woman by the name of Janelle Shane, who is a combination of a, of a comic and a computer geek, and she trained a neural net, an artificial intelligence neural net, to generate pickup lines. And some of them are just absolutely ridiculously funny. Um, here's one that I'll share with you. I think actually... I. I when many years ago, I think I tried this on you, Toby, and, and it did not work. And it is, I have exactly four stickers. I need you to be. I need you to be the fifth. <laughs> that would have worked. You didn't use it. <laughs> How about you look like a stealth assassin from the clouds? <laughs> Another one is, uh, I picked up some pretty flowers. Want to smell them? Here, try to take my hand off. <laughs> Is this, these are AI generated? Yes, these are AI generated. Um, and she has actually done a book called You Look Like a Thing and I Love You. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's called uh, You Look Like a Thing and I Love You, How Artificial Intelligence Works and Why It's Making the World a Weirder Place. Actually, it looks like a great book. I need it. 
<laughs> Which you know will immediately inspire me to buy it for you. Well, that hint dropped. <laughs> and <Here's>, received. <laughs> here's, here's another one. It is urgent that you become a professional athlete. <laughs> <laughs> so she created this AI? No, there are a few um, kind of open source. Um, there's a big uh, open source AI called GPT-3, uh -huh. and there are a few different variants of it. One's called um, Babbage, one is called DaVinci, and so she ran this training process through a few of them, and, um, and it came up with these different, uh, d d different uh, <laughs> pickup lines. <laughs> one is, another one is, out of curiosity, did you know that you can sip and snort pumpkin spice lattes? <laughs> And then I think the best one, and probably the, the, the one that we should use to close out this edition of Point and Click Radio. Well, I don't know. There are two. You have the most beautiful fangs I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you to say that to Callie. <laughs> yes. And then the last one. I love you. I don't care if you're a doggo in a trench coat. <laughs> Uh, and then there's, I'm losing my voice from all the screaming your hotness is causing me to do. <laughs> the book is called, maybe we need to get her, I think, uh, as a guest, on, a, on point and click as a guest. Uh, from Janelle Shane, she describes herself as an AI humorist, and her book is called, You Look Like a Thing and I Love You, How Artificial Intelligence Works and Why It's Making the World a Weirder Place. And on that note... On that very weird note, <laughs> we are going to bring this edition of Point and Click to a close. If somebody in the Philo studio can, <laughs> can, can see us waving our arms flailingly at the, uh, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the computer camera to bring up the closing, uh, closing theme. In the meantime, well, there's always more uh, AI-generated... Um, <laughs> There's uh, always more, more, uh, more um, pickup lines. Was that? Uh, you're going to talk about the the demise of the HomePod. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know the Apple. Uh, we we talked about some Apple rumors. Another thing, uh, something that was kind of quietly happened a couple of weeks ago, was that the Apple uh, Apple discontinued its HomePod, the uh, smart speaker. They're still keeping the HomePod Mini on the market, but. Um, it's pretty clear that uh, that that, that uh, Google and especially Amazon with the Alexa products have really kind of taken over that taken over that space. We can talk about that in a future edition of uh, Point and Click because we are out of time for now. But our but uh, big thanks to our friend Rich in Philo engineering tonight's show, and um, thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you, Toby, at the Point and Click Research Desk. And uh, we will be back with more of, mad of this madness in two weeks from now. In the meantime, stay tuned for Pulse of the Planet, followed by Radiogram with Jamie Roberts. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Thanks, Toby. Thank you, Jim. Good night, everybody. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, you can go to kzyx.org to find more shows and content like this one. While there, you can stream us live or check out our jukebox. And if you like what you hear, consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. We are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Woolitz and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Thanks for listening.